Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, joined by Paul Wadlington of InsideTexas.com. Uh, we're going to talk a little BYU today on the tail of the tape. Uh, the Cougars coming to Austin on Saturday. Uh, they're five and two, Paul. But uh, talking to you prior to this uh, this uh, podcast, you kind of feel that that's a little bit of a smoke and mirror five and two, huh? A little deceptive, a little illusory, if you will. And uh, you know they're they're five and two for a reason. We'll talk about the the positives of this football team. But to give you a little context, Bobby, just to jump into it. Since I know you're a no-nonsense kind of fella, <laughs> uh, they've played seven games, of course. They started with Sam Houston. Uh, they beat them 14 to nothing. The Bearcats, as some of you might know, is currently 0-7, and they have the worst offense in FBS. They then followed that up by playing Southern Utah, which I did not know was a school. Uh, but they are a 2-5 FCS team, so they're a bottom-tier FCS team. Their marquee win this season, 27-26 over Tarleton State. So any questions so far on their schedule, Bobby? Pretty weak, it sounds like, out of the gate. Although Sam Houston State did also play Houston. So, you know, there's... They, they there's... did play Houston and lost 38-7. to Okay, got it. Fair. So okay. Arkansas, this is their marquee win. And it looked good early in the year, Bobby. At Arkansas, they won 38-31. Pigs are 2-6. and six. They're winless in the SEC. They just fired their offensive coordinator, and it looks like they're going to be firing Sam Pittman before the end of the season. So that's their marquee win. At Kansas, they had a respectable loss, 27-38 to 38 or 38-27 to 27 Kansas. Uh, we know Kansas, of course, is going to be a bowl team. It's a respectable loss. Uh, they did beat Cincinnati at home in Provo, 35-27. to 27. The 2-5 and five Bearcats are 0-4, in Big 12 play. At TCU, they lost 44 to 11. BYU went there and just laid an egg. Uh, TCU, as you know, Bobby, is four and four. They outgained them 584 to 243 with a new starter at quarterback, Hoover. And then just last week, they beat Texas Tech 27 to 14 in Provo. Tech, as we know, is three and five. Uh, they were starting their third string quarterback, Jake Strong, and they had Tech had five turnovers. Uh, so their total opponent record is 18 and 34. And they faced one team with a winning record. They lost that game. They've gone on the road three times. They're one and two. They're four and oh in Provo. And their opponents, of course, include a low tier FCS team and a winless Sam Houston that just got promoted to the FBS. So that gives you a little context on their record. They are two and two against the Big 12 opponents. But those four Big 12 opponents are a combined league record of 6 and 12. So Got that's it. your overview. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I, you, you go through that, Paul, and obviously Texas 3-1 and one in conference by comparison, uh, only lost to Oklahoma, have beaten Kansas, the same team that, that BYU lost to. Uh, Texas uh, also beating Baylor, uh, although Baylor didn't have its first stringer, as well as uh, University of Houston last weekend. Uh, it, it's interesting to me, Paul, you put put all this together. It is somewhat deceptive is, is a great word that you used. I think uh, they're, they're five and two record at the same time. They do have strengths. Um, they do have a, a, a better defense than offense and they will turn you over. Meanwhile, Texas is playing or will play a freshman quarterback or two freshman quarterbacks in this game. 
So how, how does that kind of work in, and what are your thoughts on, on that as it relates to Texas and the Texas offense versus the, uh, uh, BYU defense? That's a great point. I, I think it's incumbent on Sark to be non-Sark-like this week. Keep it simple, stupid. You know, I think it's it's tempting to craft a game plan uh, that exploits some of the deficiencies in BY's defense, and they certainly have some. But what they really excel at under new defensive coordinator Jay Hill is turnovers. They're third in the country in forcing turnovers. Now, albeit they've not exactly faced a murderer's row of offenses, but they have four 16 turnovers in seven games. That's good for, as I said, number three in turnover generation in all of college football. Texas would take that in a heartbeat. We would take that in a heartbeat. And you'll stylistically see some similarities to what Brent Venables does on defense, which is high pressure, opportunistic, switching coverages, trying to first force turnovers and attack the ball. Not so much worried if they give up an 18-yard gain if they have an opportunity to go get the ball out of your hands, right? So if you don't turn it over, offenses are averaging 5.6 yards per play, nearly 500, 400 yards per game. Uh, and they've had, the op- they've had some op- uh, offenses gash them running the ball. Cincinnati gashed them. Kansas gashed them running the ball. TCU gashed them throwing the ball. They just spread them out. And threw for 439 yards. Josh Hoover threw on 17 of the first 21 snaps from scrimmage for TCU. My concern would be that Sark sees that on tape and and says, "Oh, we can attack these guys. Oh, this is wide open. Oh, Xavier Worthy's going to kill these guys." I think we probably need to keep it pretty simple. Run the ball. Run some play action. Have single reads from Malik Murphy. Don't have him evaluating coverages or trying to figure out what they're doing. Because that is BYU's strength. It's it's fooling quarterbacks. They actually aren't very good at pressuring the quarterback. They don't have a lot of sacks. What they do is shift around a lot. And they've got a couple of corners that are good ball hawks. Jacob Robinson, he's a slender guy. But he's got four picks on the year. And he's got carte blanche to attack sort of lazy, predetermined reads. Other guys, Weber, uh, Weber State transfer, Eddie Heckard. He came over with Jay Hill, the new defensive coordinator. He's got three picks on the year. And those two guys will attack you. Now, BYU secondary, their safeties are not fast. They're slow. Their rover is an oversized guy that they like to use to blitz. He can be attacked in the passing game. You know, these guys don't have great athleticism across the board. What they do have is a lot of discipline and some brain power and some aggression that they use to try to turn you over. If you can keep it simple and execute, that defense can be had. Look, I mean, going into this, Texas, at least by stats, should be able to run against BYU. You talked about that. They're not great against the run. Um, But they're also sitting there looking at, eh, we're playing a, a, a freshman quarter. We're playing against a freshman quarterback. BYU is saying, let's load up the box and stop the run and make the quarterback beat us. I would go, if I was BYU, I'd go for a high-variance game plan. I'm going to load up the box, try to frustrate Texas, take away the run. If Malik Murphy can beat you over the top, shrug and ask him to do it again. What do you have to lose if you're BYU? If you beat Texas, you've got a marquee win. You're now bowl eligible, uh, and you you frankly are going to be ranked <laughs> in the next AP Top 25 Bowl. Uh, if you lose to Texas and you go, you're five and three, 
oh, well, you play the rest of your Big 12 schedule and you go to your minor bowl and whatever. Uh, I think you would run – you know, I would try to run a high-variance game plan. So Texas needs to prep for that. And it doesn't mean that just because they load the box, the only thing you can do is throw the ball. Uh, you, you can have some run plays that try to exploit that. You, you try to pop a big run because they don't have those second and third level defenders. So, uh, you know, there's also some things we can do in the screen game where Texas has shown itself to be pretty adept. So Malik needs to be calm. Sark needs to help him out with some single reads. And understand that BYU's got a couple of guys in their secondary, but they've also got some guys in their secondary who are not athletically very good. And, and they can be attacked and exploited. Interesting. All right. Uh, we want to get to the, the, the Texas defense versus the uh, uh, BYU offense. But first, I want to say thank you to our sponsor each and every week. It's Gabe Winslow. Yeah. Paul, would you read that for us, please, sir? Absolutely. No smoke and mirrors with this guy. Uh, give him a call. You'll find out why he is so highly endorsed or recommended by so many inside Texas and on Texas football viewers. Uh, Gabe is really good at what he does. Over 20 years in the industry, law degree, UT grad, passionate Longhorn fan. That's why you'll see him supporting so many different en endeavors at the University of Texas. And uh, he's just really good at what he does. Here's the deal. If you're not shopping your mortgage guy, if you're not getting at least one quote or talking to multiple people, you're doing it wrong. Give Gabe a call. If he's not the first guy you call, make sure he's the last guy you call. And I think within a couple of minutes, you'll understand that there's a different level of sophistication and financial acumen when you talk to him. Give him a call. Find out why. All right. 832-557-1095 or visiting mortgagesbygabe.com. Right, Paul, talking about this, uh, the BYU defense, you know, is one of those that we said was the strength. The BYU offense, however, not the team's strength. 73rd in the country in scoring offense. Keaton Slovis, a two-time transfer, I believe. Now their quarterback. He started at USC for Clay Helton, uh, then went to Pitt. Now at uh, obviously at uh, BYU. What 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 do you think of the BYU offense? Yeah, Keaton Slovis on the JT Daniels plan, a, a player that Texas has already faced. Texas has now faced five transfer quarterbacks, Bobby, uh, in, the, in their seven games. It's pretty. I mean, college football is just very different. Uh, and of course, Keaton Slovis is the latest. Uh, the individual components of this offense aren't that bad, Bobby, if you kind of break them down individually. But unlike their defense, they're less than the sum of their parts. They're averaging a miserable 4.9 yards per play, about 302 yards per game. That's one of the worst offenses in, in, in FBS. If you're a Texas fan for a comp, Think of the Tyrone Swoops quarterbacks, Charlie Strong teams for a, a comp in terms of production. Uh, they do operate at a deliberate pace. They're not fast paced. This is not a, a go for it, hurry up, no huddle team. Maybe they throw that wrinkle in because they're playing Texas and they're just trying to, you know, to get after it and make something happen. From an advanced statistics perspective, Bobby, this caught my eye. They're 109th in the country in early down success, first and second down. They're 120th in the nation in third down success. I'm going to go out on a limb and say those two statistics are interrelated. What do you think, Bobby? Yeah, I, I would say that it, if you're bad on first and second down, you might be in third and long. Yeah. And, <laughs> so you're definitely you got, not going to be in successful on third and long. Unless you got VY or Colt McCoy running around back there making stuff happen. You know, third and long is not the place to be. 
from a points per drive perspective, Texas is three times more likely to score on an offensive drive than the Cougars. So that gives you some broad sort of perspective. Let me dig in a little bit on Keaton Slovis because if BYU is going to have a chance for offense, it's going to really rest on Slovis. Uh, he is he is a guy that we should be able to game plan pretty easily. Uh, he likes to throw in the short and intermediate game. He can't connect deep. He really struggles there unless it's a layup. He's a statue in the pocket. I don't just mean like pure foot speed. I mean, he doesn't find in windows well in the pocket and shift around very well if you get some interior pressure. Uh, he has negative 49 rushing yards on the season. And he's only completing 56.7% of his passes, Bobby. 6.7 yards per attempt. So not only is he not getting the ball downfield, he's not a high percentage guy. Uh, given that average depth of target, you'd think he's a 65, 70% passer. He isn't. Uh, if there is a positive, he's not a panicky guy. He's not very prone to turnovers. And what you will see BYU do with him because of their inability to run the ball, which we can cover in a second, is they will go five wide in the red zone, goal to go, run out five receivers, run a bunch of rub routes, and make Slovis make a decision. And, and that is, the as bad as their offense is, they're actually decent in the red zone. And it's because of that. So that is something to be aware of. And the, the main answer to that is be aware and, and have a plan for it. But also, don't let them in the red zone. And, and most opponents don't. So yeah, it, it seems to me you mentioned this is this is a problem that that Texas has. Um, Rod Babers talks about it all the time. The two offenses that Texas has had the most problems with under PK are twofold: five wides or empty, right? Um, and then second uh, would be the rubber uh, the the idea that uh, they they don't know they don't know how to play bunch sets well. Not at all. And so is that a, a particular area that, that BYU may hold a little bit of advantage on Texas? I wouldn't even say it's an advantage because every other opponent has handled it, right? Um, but Texas seems to have a particular issue with this. The one thing that's interesting is BYU <clears throat> doesn't have fast receivers. they got big receivers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. So the tight end, Isaac Rex, is 6'6", 260. Chase Roberts, their number one receiver, 6'4", 210. Big physical guy with good hands. Uh, Darius Lassiter, sort of a possession red zone receiver. He's 6'3", 210. Uh, Cody Epps is their speed guy, and he's coming back from injury. 
Uh, he's kind of a wild card. We don't really know what he'll be able to contribute on Saturday. I, I just think that they are going to do those rub routes, but they're going to do them less with speed and more with size. Like the actual rub is going to be what's important. Uh, look, we're acting like it's this great mystery, you know, Nancy Drew and the mystery of the crossing route. It's, I mean, this is basic college offense. It's, it's the most basic aspect of the Mike Leach spread. It's 1.0. So we're acting like it's this mystifying world beater. You know, the fact is if you, if you have some hook defenders in the middle of the field, if you have your guys either pass off or run with the guys and, and run through the rub, if you think you can, just have a plan. You know, and, and Texas didn't have a plan. And I was very critical of PK against Houston, rightfully so. Some people took umbrage against it. Uh, I just think they're wrong. I don't think they watched the same game that I did. And I don't think they know how badly that sets up for Texas in the future if they can't handle this very elementary route concept. So what I think Texas should do is rush four, aggressively rush four. We don't have to contain the pocket against this guy. He runs a 5040. Uh, and then don't over blitz with outside edge guys where they're trying to get the ball out quickly anyway. All you're doing is robbing yourself of potential rub defenders, of, of hook defenders that you could put in the middle of the field and deter those easy throws right in front of the quarterback's face. Uh, Texas just needs to be competent on defense. They should smash BYU's running game, which has really struggled all year. They did have a 55-yard run uh, against Tech last week. They've finally gone to LJ Martin. He's a freshman from El Paso. Interesting guy. I, I actually like the player. He, he doesn't get a lot of good blocking from them, but He's built like Jonathan Brooks and has some running similarities to Jonathan Brooks. Not super fast, but shifty and just sort of decisive and, and glides until he decides and then he plants and goes. He's actually a fun player. They just don't block for him very well. And they don't have a very good – it's not timed up in their running game. It's kind of hard to explain when you watch them, but it, does, it looks like a passing game coordinator trying to do his version of what running looks like. And Aaron Roderick is the OC, another former teammate of Sark's from BYU. Uh, so not only did Sark play with Kalani Satake, the head coach, but he played with Aaron Roderick as well. So, you know, maybe, uh, maybe Sark knows some stuff about Roderick and Satake that we can use. Yeah, it, it's, it's interesting to me. Uh, we look at it and we're talking about Texas being dominant on, on, against run defense and, and BYU not having a good run offense. Whereas Texas's past defense is probably the the their problem, and that's if there is a strength of the uh, of the uh, BYU game offense, it's the passing element. I, well, me, I just feel me, like Texas Texas should match up extremely well against BYU. The Texas agreed. defense matches up. I would up. say BYU's passing strength is a relative strength. Yes, they are not a good passing offense in total. Okay. They're averaging 6.7 yards an attempt. If you're not over seven and a half, I don't consider you a particularly dynamic passing offense or even competent. Uh, and they're completing 56% of their passes. So let's, let's be clear. I would just say that Houston revealed something that OU also revealed, which is an inability to make some in-game adjustments to some basic concepts. And BYU is going to run those concepts and see if we can make an adjustment to it. And it's not rocket science. It's just basically getting guys lined up right and understanding what they're trying to do.
You think Texas has a problem doing that in part because Sark doesn't do that much? I don't know. That's on offense, you know what I mean? They don't see it from their own offense at all. That no, that's wow. Well, what a good, what a good question. That's actually a great thing that I have to think about. Um, yeah, I mean, Sark. Sometimes it's it's a it's a set of plays, right? Not interrelated uh, necessarily, and maybe that maybe that our defense doesn't see that as much. That said. You know, they are running against the scout offense, which should be going empty set, running rub routes, doing – I mean, they. it's not like this is totally unfamiliar to them. But that's an interesting thing to kind of ruminate on. I'd have to think about it, Bobby. All right. Uh, say thanks one more time to our uh, our sponsor, Gabe Winslow, if you don't mind. Thanks, Gabe. You can call him, 832-557-1095. Uh, I think I've said enough about him and his acumen. Uh, he's just a really sharp guy. If you're in the market and you're in the great state of Texas or even states outside of Texas, he can help you. To not give him a call is just, I don't understand what you're doing. Just you'll find out very quickly in talking to him that there's different levels to this and uh, he's operating at the highest level. All right. Uh, thanks. Uh, thanks to Gabe. Hey, Paul, last question for you. And this is really kind of one of those. What are some of the factors or things that you're kind of looking at under the surface uh, for this game and try to try to monitor and think that might surface during the game itself? You know, that's a, that's a great question. I would say BYU is big and physically mature. Uh, so that's something to keep in mind. They don't run real well. They're not fast. And I'm, I'm not saying they're all slow or any of that. But at some key spots and key positions, they're not very fast. And also, although their defense is good at forcing turnovers, they're not actually a very pressure-oriented defense. They try to bring pressure. They're not great at it. They don't get a lot of sacks. They don't get a lot of pressures. And so I think Malik Murphy may have more time to throw and, and do some things than, than you might think. You know, We tend to think of a turnover-heavy defense as – blitzy and lots of crazy big plays and that's not really BYU they do it more by disguising coverage so uh, I think that's something to, to notice I think also you know be a little persistent with the run game you know it doesn't always open up right away and you can get thwarted and you can get stuffed and, and to be patient with the run game though Bobby and this is almost old school football right you got to play defense you PK can't come out with this sort of let's feel them out. Let's, I mean, we know what they can do and we know all their deficiencies and we know the biggest gift you can give them is some easy confidence throws underneath and allow them to move the chains up and down the field and run clock. I mean, that's the, the idea should be, let's come out and dominate these guys. Let's create field position for our offense. Let's create stress on their sideline Let's not consent to their style of play. Oh, well, they're not going to hit a big shot. Well, they're not going to hit a big shot anyway. Like, let's let's bring it to these guys and, and get a little, like, start thumping. Start forcing some turnovers of our own. Put them on the defensive because once that happens, this game could crack wide open whether we've got a second-string quarterback or not. I'm interested to see, Paul, on my side, if we see more liberal use of the red cat. Like it, it, it's Brian Irwin mentioned this to me. You don't have to just run it third and short. You could implement that on first down just to yeah. get to, to your point, just to get the run game going, give it some juice and some variety. Right. It's something, well, something I'll tell you I what, Bobby, on that point. 
Sark is creative with personnel use and that sort of stuff. You can run Savion Red out there without the other Red Cap personnel. And, and Murphy can go split out. I think Murphy would be a pretty effective blocker in space. What do you think? Yeah, yeah probably so. He's a big guy now. Uh, I mean, I, I would want no piece of Malik Murphy on a football field. <laughs> uh, and I, I'm not concerned about him running into a corner or a nickel or, or a safety. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you can do some of that with Savion Red and Murphy sharing the field and not just declare it. And also you could just declare it. Hey, we're going to run Savion Red. Uh, he was incredibly effective. Three carries for nine yards at a touchdown, but that was the most effective not three yards per carry in a box score you'll see, right? Two conversions and a touchdown, right? One of those conversions, he effectively did it by himself. So uh, I would love to see more of that. I love the diversity of it. I think Coach Irwin's right. And one of the things I love about Coach Irwin is, you know, he doesn't mind playing the greatest hits. If something's working, I think Coach Irwin's philosophy is, well, let's let's kind of keep doing that. And, and Sark, I think, is, is such a clever play caller. He thinks his good call is now burned. Well, they've now seen that. I can't go back to that. They saw it and they didn't stop it. I mean, you know, if, if a batter can't hit your fastball, you can throw another fastball. It's all good. You don't have to go to your curve right away. Like, I just think let's let's not fool ourselves in this game. If something's working, let's let's keep picking at the scab. Yep, absolutely. I, I think uh, introducing a new element to the run game would be valuable. All right, uh, Texas favored by 17 and a half on, in most Vegas lines that I've seen, Paul. Uh, how do you feel about that line? Whew, I'm not betting Texas. Uh, and I'm, yeah, I'm not, with a, not with a new quarterback, right? No, and I'm, I'm degenerate enough that I bet on New Mexico State the other night. <laughs> one, two, by the way. Thank you, Diego Pavia. Uh, also one on Liberty. I, I, you know, I love these uh, lower tier schools because they don't get the attention and analysis. But uh, I wouldn't bet on Texas. And could Texas cover? Texas could win this game 45 to 3, Bobby. I mean, BYU is not a great team. They don't play well away from Provo. Texas could also, you know, scrape this thing out 24-17 and we're biting our nails just like U of H. So I'm not going to put my wager on it, but I, I expect Texas to win this game. If they don't, something bad happened on the whiteboard. And I'm going to have probably something to write about uh, on Saturday and Sunday. Or five turnovers like Texas Tech had in Provo this past weekend. Or five turnovers. You're right. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, that's Paul Wallington of InsideTexas.com. I'm Bobby Burton. This has been Tale of the Tape. Also, please consider a subscription to InsideTexas.com. Uh, that's InsideTexas.com. Use promo code OTFIT23, uh, and you get two months for just $1. Remember to select the monthly offer. All right, Paul, uh, I'll see you again on Saturday morning for our Saturday conversation. For now, that's going to be it. Tale of the tape, Paul Wallington, Bobby Burton. Hook them.